Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Christian Israelites, patriots, constitutionalists, white nationalists, etc. This is Eurofolk Radio. Today is March 26, 2022. The equinox has passed, so we are now in the uh, uh, Enochian solar calendar new year. And Passover is coming up really soon, in about uh, eight days or so. And... Uh, the calendar that Brother Abair puts out every year is available now, and you can get a copy of that calendar uh, for a donation of $20 or more. <laughs> Hi, Mary. And uh, it's available from this address, ANP, which stands for American National Publishing. That's 900 Commerce Drive or Commerce Place, either one, number 1016. Forsyth, Illinois, that's F-O-R-S-Y-T-H, Illinois, 62535. I'll repeat that. A-N-P, 900 Commerce Place, number 1016, Forsyth, Illinois, 62535. And the theme for this year's calendar, aside being an instructional calendar about the feast days, is the... uh, how should I put it? The masquerade called COVID. <laughs> the masquerade called COVID. Very comprehensive study in this new calendar. So I highly encourage you to get one. Anyway, today we're going to cover uh, Deuteronomy chapter, uh, I forgot, 21 or 22. Are we going to start with this? Uh, uh, 21. 21. Okay. But uh, we have a an article we want to talk about real quick because the discussion of what in the world is going on in Ukraine with the war between Russia and Ukraine. And uh, my position is pretty much, well, I don't trust either side because Putin, no. yeah, Putin has, uh, you know, we have photographed with a, a yarmulke and consorting with rabbis, especially the Chabad Lubavitchers, which couldn't be more evil. And the same goes for Ukraine. It's a totally Jewish state. It has been since they overthrew the Yanukovych uh, regime in 2014. It hasn't gotten any better. And there's actually been an ongoing war there in the Donbass because the Ukrainians have been bombarding that that portion of what used to be Ukraine because they didn't like uh, didn't like it when those people voluntarily left Ukraine because they were more Russian than they were Ukrainian, and uh, went over to Russia. Okay, so there's been bad blood there ever since the mass media has not been reporting the aggression of Ukraine against the, these former Ukrainians, but uh, you know they're blaming everything on Putin and what they're to me the immediate problem the so-called West has the, the kosher West is covering up the crimes of the Biden crime family, okay? So that, that therefore they must blame everything on Putin and etc. So, uh, but this article here uh, tells, tells me, as soon as I saw this online, it tells me that uh, the real agenda is about food, the upcoming food shortages. I'll take it over to you. Okay, <clears throat> I'll start with the article, which is entitled War in Ukraine could plunge world into food shortages. Jonathan Cliburn should be applying nitrogen on his winter fields, winter wheat fields right now. He should be taking delivery of seed and corn and sunflower, getting his planters ready to roll by the 1st of April. He should be enjoying spring on his farm near Lviv in western Ukraine with his Ukrainian wife, their three boys, and their dog. Instead, <clears throat> Cliburn, an Irish immigrant, <clears throat> is doing what nearly every other Ukrainian farmer is these days. He's checking on relatives in the war zone, sheltering families fleeing the bombs, and struggling just to keep his farm afloat. If they don't succeed, experts warn, not only will many Ukrainians go hungry, but so will hundreds of millions around the world, perhaps triggering the greatest food crisis since World War II. Aha! Okay, perhaps? You think so? Maybe? (laughs) Yeah. They've been telling us they're going to do this. All right, back to you. <clears throat> Ukraine and Russia together produce nearly 30% of the world's traded wheat and 12% of its calories. Without them, soaring food prices and shortages could touch off a wave of instability the world hasn't seen since the Arab Spring of 2012. 
The war has all but shut down grain exports from both countries. And since the two nations, along with Russia's sanctioned ally Belarus, also supply vast amounts of fertilizer, Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine could affect every farmer on Earth this year and into the foreseeable future. Still, Cliburn considers himself lucky. He moved to Ukraine 15 years ago with just the shirt on his back and now farms 3,000 hectares or 7,500 acres in the relatively unscathed region west of Lviv near the Polish border. That's a lot of land. So did Ukraine give that land to him? That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and click on the uh, continue reading button because uh, it just gives us a map. And actually, I think I'll share this with the people in the chat room because this is a good article. Back to you. Okay. Um, Some people can't fertilize their crop because the Russians are shooting everything that moves, a weary Cliburn says in an Irish lilt. There are reports of them mining the fields, the roads to the fields, not to mention a lot of unexploded ordinances, ordinance and bodies in the fields. I think wheat yields will be on the floor, maybe a third or a quarter of what they'd normally be. With, with the conflict dragging on and the start of planting season just a week away, the agricultural time bomb is ticking ever louder. Some 26 countries around the world get more than half of their wheat from Russia and Ukraine, says Arif Hussein, chief economist at the UN World Food Program. Okay, now I think we have the answer to why there's war. Because it doesn't make any sense for Putin to risk everything, you know, because he supplies the NATO nations with energy, right? Energy and fertilizer and other things. Why would he risk all that? unless the international Jew has told him, okay, it's time for the great, how should we put it, the great starvation, Mm -hmm. okay? So we can expect prices to go up, and we can expect empty shelves again, just like we did at the beginning of COVID, but that was just a a panic reaction by people. This time it's real, folks. Back to you. Mm -hmm. If this war doesn't get sorted out in the next couple of weeks, things will get even worse, Hussein says. That means Ukraine will not be able to plant corn. The winter wheat in the ground will not be fertilized and the harvest sharply reduced. That's a real danger. They're a country of 40 million people, but they produce food for 400 million. That's the reality of a globalized world. We are all in this together. Over the past decade, Ukraine, long known as the breadbasket of Europe, has become an agricultural powerhouse for much of the developing world. Better By the seeds, way, that, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Where have we heard that expression before? We are all in this together, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's the phrase they use for COVID, right? We're all mm-hmm. in this scam together. Better okay. seeds, new equipment, and a better agronomy combined with massive investment by companies like Cargill, Bungie, and Glencore in grain handling infrastructure and oil seed crush plants in Black Sea ports have more than doubled Ukraine's exports since 2012. It's now among the top five exporters of several important grains and oil seeds, ranging from 10% of the world's wheat exports to nearly half of the sunflower oil. Wow, I had no idea that Ukraine uh, was such a major exporter. Wow. Okay, please continue. What better country to get? In a war, you know, that can, uh, right, which can affect food supply. Yeah. Yeah. And it really doesn't affect Americans that much. However, you know, with the, with the scam in place, uh, I can see the Rothschilds telling the corporate world or hold back what you've got, right? Because, uh, uh, we'll protect your ass by uh, just printing more money and and paying you off. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Back to you. As the, as the war progresses, Russia is blockading the ports and destroying port cities. A Russian missile hit a cargo chartered ship in the first week of the invasion. Russian exports are hindered by banking restrictions and astronomical wartime insurance premiums on grain ships. As a result, wheat, corn, and soy prices are already soaring past those of the last global food, global food price crisis of 2012 and 2008 
with wheat jumping 60% since the beginning of February. Wow. The er okay. earlier crises sparked international food riots, toppled governments in Madagascar and Haiti, and ignited the Arab Spring uprisings in the Middle East. The world is even more volatile today, says Hussein, whose agency last year fed 128 million people, the most in its 60-year history. Okay, so if it topples these regimes, what about some Rothschild-supported regimes? Even if they support these regimes with paper money, uh, fiat currency, the destabilization could topple those governments, whether the Rothschilds want it or not. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is going to get serious, folks. Uh, I think Obadiah is coming into play here where uh, the, the Edomites get get their payback, right? Because their plans, maybe their computer models <laughs> uh, you know, tell them that they can do this, but they can never plan for everything. They can never plan for everything. Okay, yeah, please continue because this, this article makes a lot of sense as to what's getting ready to happen. Back to you. Mm-hmm. In 2008, we didn't have COVID, he says. We didn't have war in Yemen or Syria or in Ethiopia or northeast Nigeria. Because of COVID, governments are tapped out. Debt levels are as high as they have ever been in many poor countries. Inflation is at record levels. Even before Ukraine was invaded, food prices were at 10-year highs and fuel prices were at 7-year highs. You had job losses and income losses combined with high prices. People are getting squeezed from both sides. This crisis couldn't have come at a worse time. Uh huh. Make, maybe it was the planned that way. Planning to feed a <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Always planned. Always. Yeah. Okay, we've got a bad connection. The FP uh, is planning to feed a record. Yeah, but please continue. We'll we'll work through it. Uh, I'm still there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The WFP is planning to feed a record 140 million people this year, including more than three million displaced Ukrainians, as well as some 44 million others in 28 countries teetering on the brink of famine. Many of those nations depend on grain imports from Ukraine. These include Yemen, Afghanistan, Syria, Ethiopia, and nearly a dozen other countries in the Middle East and Africa. To make matters worse, WFP's costs spiked after the invasion, rising. Seventy-one. Make matters worse, WFP's costs spiked after the invasion, rising by seventy-one million dollars per month and creating a $10 billion shortfall for the coming year. It's forced them to begin rationing food supplies to the people who need it most. Okay, so get ready, Currently, folks. Some oh, there's more. Okay. Yeah, I think, uh, yes. yeah, we can, uh, and it's a pretty long article. I think we can uh, stop there because uh, I think people get the hint, <laughs> okay. right? High prices and shortages are coming, all right? That that's the message from this article, and this is from Microsoft, right? So it's, it's official, folks. <laughs> you know, this is not some, you yeah. know, uh, so not some prepper, right? Remember how the days when all the preppers were being mocked by mass media? Those days are over. Mm -hmm. Now they're saying, "Oh, those preppers, they were right. <laughs> they were right to stock up." Here we go. All right, let's get back to the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 21, over to you. Or 22, whichever it is, okay, I forget. Okay, chapter 21, this is regarding, a t I think it's 21. Okay. Atonement for unsolved murders. If one be found slain in the land which Yahweh thy God gives thee to possess it, lying in the field, and it be not known who has slain him, then thy elders and judges shall come forth, and they shall measure unto the cities which are round about him that is slain. And it shall be that the city which is next unto the slain man, even the elders of that city, shall take an heifer which has not been wrought with and which has not drawn in the yoke. And the elders of that city shall bring down the heifer into a rough valley, which is neither eared nor sown, and shall strike off the heifer's neck there in the valley. And the priests, the sons of Levi, shall come near. For them Yahweh thy God has chosen to minister unto him and to bless in the name of Yahweh. And by their word shall every controversy and every stroke be tried. 
And all the elders of that city that are next unto the slain man shall wash their hands over the heifer that is beheaded in the valley. And they shall answer and say, Our hands have not shed this blood, neither have our eyes seen it. Be merciful, O Lord, unto thy people Israel, whom thou hast redeemed, and lay not innocent blood unto thy people of Israel's charge, and the blood shall be forgiven them. So shalt thou put away the guilt of innocent blood from among you, when thou shalt do that which is right in the sight of Yahweh. Okay, so this apparently is a you know an alternative to the cities of refuge, where they find an unsown field and uh, sacrifice a cow on behalf of the person. Well, I guess they don't know whether he's guilty or innocent, so they just make this sacrifice. Uh, obviously, any person who uh, has been in this situation would say, okay, well, I better watch my P's and Q's from now on because if if he is guilty, he might not get away with it next time, right? So we'll see. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, verse 10. Verse 10. When thou goest forth, forth to war against thine enemies, and Yahweh thy God has delivered them into your hands, and you have taken them captive, and seest among the captives a beautiful woman, and has a desire unto her, that thou wouldest have her to thy wife, then thou shalt bring her home to thine house, and she shall shave her head and pare her nails, and she shall put the raiment of her captivity from off her, and shall remain in thine house, and bewail her father and her mother a full month. And after that, thou shalt go in unto her and be her husband, and she shall be thy wife. No romance there. Nope. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Yahweh's not interested in romance. He wants offspring. Now, it's uh, of course, now people would uh, assume falsely that this woman is of another race. No, uh, we found out that the Midianite women, the Midianite virgins, were acceptable as wives to the Israelite men. So, but they were of the same race, okay? So, uh, and we've been doing a very consistent pattern here in the Torah of Nokri, Zur being unacceptable people, and of course, Ger being the strangers of our own race, okay? This has been consistent throughout the Torah so that uh, we see that, you know, who's marriageable and who isn't. So, we can't we can't assume just because they're not Israelites necessarily. They may be Israelites because uh, a lot of Israelites were taken captive by Canaanites and things like that, and Ammonites and Moabites. But if they're the same race, such as the Ammonites and Moabites, and they haven't uh, f- f- besmirched themselves with uh, pagan rituals, then those women are acceptable. Okay, but uh, never. Never are the men acceptable from those tribes, okay? Uh, they just aren't. So, so uh, anyway, this, uh, this is one way in which uh, Adamic women can be brought into the fold of Israel. Back to you. Verse 14, <clears throat> And it shall be, if thou have no delight in her, then thou shalt let her go whither she will, but thou shalt not sell her at all for money. Thou shalt not make merchandise of her, because thou hast humbled her. Okay, now it's very interesting. Well, what's she going to do? She has uh, sworn off her own family, although they probably don't know about it, (laughs) right? She just did that for a month, and she had to shave her head and clean her fingernails, right? Uh, Because probably these... These other tribes had uh, lack of hygiene, where the Israelites are commanded to uh, to keep uh, very strict hygiene. These other tribes probably didn't, you know, so they were unclean in that sense. So, uh, and this is an iffy proposition to take. Uh, let's call it a shotgun wedding, right? Yeah, <laughs> like uh, like we have in West Virginia, right, and places like that. So. Yeah, it's real obvious that Yahweh is not concerned with romance. He's concerned with offspring of the the right racial type. Okay, back to you. Verse 15. If a man has two wives, one beloved and another hated, and they have borne him children, both the beloved and the hated, and if the firstborn son be hers that was hated, then it shall be when he makes his sons to inherit that which he has, that he may not make the son of the beloved firstborn before the son of the hated. 
which is okay. indeed the firstborn. But he shall acknowledge the son of the hated for the firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he has. For he is the beginning of his strength, and the right of the firstborn is his. Okay, so whether you love her or not, the firstborn <laughs> is the firstborn. Okay, you can't change the law. Very interesting. Now, of course, uh, the situation with Abraham and Sarah and Hagar was that Sarah was his wife, and Hagar was uh, a replacement. Handmade. Handmade, okay. So Hagar was not the actual wife. So therefore, and uh, Yahweh told Abraham and Sarah that you are going to have an offspring a year from now, and his name will be Isaac, and he will be the one who carries on the seed line. Okay, so Abraham understood that, and Sarah obviously would want it that way, and uh, you know, so that's that, right? So, uh, so that's not a violation of this law because Hagar was the handmaid and not the wife. All right, back to you. Verse eighteen: <clears throat> If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened, chastened him, will not hearken unto them. Then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out of the out unto the elders of the city and unto the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of his city, This is our this our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Oh no. <laughs> that happens very often in Israel, doesn't it? <laughs> right? And all the men of his city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put evil away from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Okay, now obviously the son would be forewarned, hey, if, if you don't shape up, this is what's going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't shape up, he says, okay, <laughs> all right, yeah, go ahead, do it. I don't care. <laughs> all right, verse 22. Verse 22, and if a man has committed a sin worthy of death, and he be put to death, and thou hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. For he is, for he that is hanged is accursed of God, that thy land not be not defiled, which Yahweh thy God gives thee for an inheritance. Okay, well, I thought about this, and why would this be? So if you <laughs> allow the body to hang on the tree overnight, it is susceptible to uh, dismemberment by wild animals, okay? In those days, they still had lions <laughs> roaming the area, and who knows what other kind of, uh, you know, uh, animals that eat flesh. That uh, And then, of course, even, uh, you know, small animals and bugs, and, you know, the, the body would be pretty much damaged. Now, so this would apply to Yahshua, and with his body being... Uh, whipped and bleeding just about from every pore of his body, that uh, his body would uh, immediately be susceptible to this kind of damage, and Yahweh didn't want that. Okay, that's why the body has to be buried immediately. Okay, back to you. Um, chapter 22. Thou shalt not see thy brother's ox, or his sheep go astray, and hide thyself from them. Thou shalt in any case bring them again unto thy brother. And if thy brother be not nigh unto thee, or if thou know him not, then thou shalt bring it unto thine own house, and it shall be with thee until thy brother seek after it, and thou shalt restore it to him again. Okay, this is why the uh, ranchers in America branded their cattle, right? (laughs) Okay. All right, very good. In like manner shalt thou do with his ass, and and so shalt thou do with his raiment. And with all lost thing of thy brothers, which he has lost, and thou hast found, shalt thou do likewise. Thou mayest not hide thyself. Thou shalt not see thy brother's ass or his ox fall down by the way, and hide thyself from them. Thou shalt surely help him to lift them up again. Okay, so in other words, you are commanded to do good works. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're not to allow that injured animal or, you know, lost animal to simply die. Or you're not allowed to take it either. All right? 
Okay. Well, what's woman. the old saying? Uh, 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 finders, keepers, losers, weepers. No, no, that's not, no, that's not Yahweh's laws. All right. Back to you. The woman shall not wear that which pertains unto a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are an abomination unto Yahweh. There you go. There you go. Do the churches uphold? These Hollywood stars who right. dress up like women and think it's so cute and funny. And yeah, right. Oh yeah, there was this case of a black actor who was hired for a role, and then they said, "Okay, we want you to dress up like a woman," and he refused. He just flat out refused, and uh, he was fired. Okay, so, uh, you know, he stood his ground on that. Good for him. Back to you. Yeah. <laughs> if a bird's nest chanced to be before thee in the way in any tree or on the ground, whether they be young ones or eggs, and the dam sitting upon the young or upon the eggs, thou shalt not take the dam with the young. But thou shalt go in any wise, but thou shalt in any wise let the dam go and take the young to thee, that it may be well with thee. And that thou mayest prolong thy days. Okay, the dam being the mother bird, okay? The mother, yeah. Yeah, so you know, we're not to uh, indiscriminately kill animals, including birds, okay? <laughs> All right? So, Just for uh, the sake of killing. Right. We, we, we can kill animals for food. Right. Certain animals, but yeah, not yes. for the sake of killing. Amen. Be kind to animals. <laughs> That's what this yeah. verse is saying. All right, it back is. to you. Hmm? Verse 8, when thou buildest a new house, then thou shalt make a battlement for thy roof, that thou bring not blood upon thine house, if any man fall from thence. Thou shalt not sow thy vineyard with diverse seeds, ah. lest the fruit of thy seed which thou hast sown and the fruit of thy vineyard be defiled. Ah, we don't want hybridization to t take place even by accident. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thou shalt not plow an axe. An ox and an ass together. <clears throat> Thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts, as of woolen and linen together. Thou shalt make the fringes upon the four quarters of thy vesture, wherewith thou coverest thyself. So we okay. can't even mix different types of uh, yep. clothing. Yeah, because, I mean, yes. right, there's electrostatic results if you do that. Okay. And uh, uh, people who uh, you know do a lot of camping and are out in the wild a lot, they they swear that the only kind of uh, socks you should wear is wool, because and there's I think there's one other that dries from the inside out and not from the outside in, so that you actually stay warmer with wool socks. And that was true in Vietnam; they they gave us exclusively wool socks. So there there is a scientific reason for all these rules. Okay, and uh, you get, uh, what do you call it, electrostatic charges when you disobey these rules. Okay, back to you. Yeah, I mean, he does, <clears throat> Yahweh doesn't give us the laws to be mean to us as far as <laughs> Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, I've worked in apartments where they had, like, brand-new carpeting. And uh, when you just walk, and this most of it's synthetic, right? Uh, all you get a few wool carpets, those and other natural fibers, but those are very, very expensive. Okay. So, uh, and you walk across one of these synthetic carpets and you touch a light switch, you will see a spark from your finger to the screw that's holding that switch in place. And you can hear it. It's a pronounced mm -hmm. spark, right? So that, that, that electrifies your whole body. It's not good. All right. Back to you. Mm -hmm. Verse 13, if a man, if any man take a wife and go in unto her and hate her and give occasions of speech against her and bring up an evil name upon her and say, I took this woman and when I came to her, I found her not a maid. Then shall the father of the damsel and her mother take and bring forth the tokens of the damsel's virginity unto the elders of the city in the gate. Okay, because the man may be lying. Right? Right. <laughs> okay. Right. And the damsel's father shall say unto the elders, I gave my daughter unto this man to wife, and he hates her. And lo, he has given occasions of speech against her, saying, I found not thy daughter a maid. And yet these are the tokens of my daughter's virginity. And they shall spread the cloth before the elders of the city. 
and the elders of that city shall take that man and chastise him. And they shall omit, immerse him in a hundred shekels of silver <laughs> and give them unto the father of the damsel, because he has brought a, okay. brought up an evil name upon a virgin of Israel. And she shall be his wife. He may not put her away all his days. But what if she doesn't want to? <laughs> Can she yeah, go back what, to her parents? <laughs> I, all right. I would think so. I yeah. That would only be fair, right? That's right. That would only be fair. So, uh, okay, yeah, please continue. <laughs> but if this thing be true, and the tokens of virginity be not found for the damsel, <clears throat> then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of her father's house. And the men of her city shall stone her with stones that she die, because she has wrought folly in Israel to play the whore in her father's house. So shalt thou put evil away from among you. Okay, so sex outside of marriage or before marriage, uh, you know, is strongly punished. That's how seriously Yahweh takes this. All right. If a man be found lying with a woman married to a husband, then they shall both of them die, both the man that lay with the woman and the woman. So shalt thou put away evil from Israel. Of course, this is consensual, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. If a damsel that is a virgin be betrothed unto a husband, and a man finds her in the city and lies with her, then ye shall bring them both out unto the gate of that city, and ye shall stone them with stones that they die. The damsel, because she cried not, being in the city, and the man, because he has humbled his neighbor's wife. So thou shalt put away evil from among you. Okay, again, it's consensual. You know, both parties agree to it. Okay. <clears throat> But if a man find a betrothed damsel in the field, and the man force her and lie with her, then the man only that lay with her shall die. But unto the damsel thou shalt do nothing. There is in the damsel no sin worthy of death. For as when a man rises against his neighbor and slays him, even so is this matter. Okay, so rape. This is rape, and rape is to be punished by death, okay? But we have now these feminists who cry rape against the man who's innocent, and they can destroy his reputation, make him lose his job, etc., 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 okay? So this is how corrupt things have gotten. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, they're encouraged to do this by the perfidious Jew, all right? Back to you. But unto the damsel thou shalt do nothing. There is in the damsel no sin worthy of death. For as when a man rises against his neighbor and slays him, even so is this matter. Wow. Okay. For, yeah, it's, for, a, it's the same as, as murder. Mm-hmm. Okay. For he found her in the field, and the betrothed damsel cried, and there was none to save her. If a man <clears throat> find a damsel that is a virgin, which is not betrothed, and lay hold on her, and lie with her, and they be found... Then the man that lays with her shall give unto the damsel's father fifty shekels of silver, and she shall be his wife, because he has humbled her. He may not put her away all his days. Now, that's a lot of money, actually, because a shekel is a weight of silver. So this is, I guess, a a ransom given to the parents just in case the, the marriage does go wrong and they have to take her back. Then they have money to provide her with for her. All right. Okay. It doesn't. It doesn't sound fair, but it is <laughs> at least in terms of what uh, you know, uh, practical value, right? Back to you. Well, it's kind of the same as uh, giving a dowry. Yeah. A dowry right. Yeah. Stuff. That's true. That's true. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Verse thirty: A man shall not take his wife, his father's wife, nor discover his father's shirt. Oh, that's incest, folks. And that is nasty. That is nasty, right? Okay. Uh, chapter 23, those excluded from the assembly, he that is wounded in the stones or has his privy member cut off shall not enter into the congregation of Yahweh. Again, uh, the uh, the priests must be as, how should I put it, as uh, unblemished as, but this is uh, talking about uh, any man, I guess. Okay, not not just priests. So we have here, Wounded in the stones, this is patsa, to split, that is wounded. Okay, so he has some kind of injury either to his testicles or to his privy member, 
And the other word here is duka or daka, sorry, mutilated or wounded. So it's got both both uh, mm-hmm. expressions here. Okay, shall not enter into the congregation of Yahweh. Okay. Now I would also think that this may apply mm-hmm. to him uh, while he is of uh, would have been of marriageable age or capable of having children. So. Can he marry or not? I guess it's up to the woman he chooses to marry. But he, this seems uh, this seems brutal that uh, he he's not to enter the congregation. Uh, apparently, not to participate in any of the feasts, etc. So he is whether uh, uh, is he uh, treated as an outcast? All right, this is this is a tough one. All right, mm-hmm. verse two. This is, yeah, this is a critical one. A bastard or manzer is right. where it really comes from in Hebrew, yep. which is a mongrel, shall not enter into the congregation of Yahweh. Even to his tenth generation shall he not enter into the congregation of Yahweh. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> this is a f- forbidden uh, race mixing. This is an obvious prohibition against race mixing. Back to you. Verse 3, an Ammonite or Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of Yahweh. Even to their tenth generation shall they not enter into the congregation of Yahweh forever. Okay, now this, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, okay, well, let let me just comment here because we found that uh, Ammonite and, uh, oh no, this is Ammonites, uh, not Midianites. Okay, so at, at some point, uh, in uh, during the forty years in the desert, the Ammonites and Moabites s- s- simply became reprehensible tribes, no longer uh, allowed by Israel to associate with them. So I think that's what's going on here. But nevertheless, they're still Adamites, all right. But uh, at this point in time, this is toward the end of the wandering of the Israelites, just before they take over the land of Canaan. That uh, Yahweh has had his fill <laughs> of Ammonites and Moabites, and we're not to associate with them anymore. Okay, back to you. Because they met you not with bread and with water in the way when you came forth out of Egypt. Uh-huh. Because they hired against thee Balaam, Ooh, the son of Beor, right? Pethor of Mesopotamia, to curse thee. Okay. So they conspired yes. against Israel. All right. Nevertheless, Yahweh thy God would not hearken unto Balaam. But Yahweh thy God turned the curse into a blessing unto thee, because Yahweh thy God loved thee. Thou shalt not seek their peace nor their prosperity all thy days forever. Oh, no, Jesus loves everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Thou shalt not seek their peace nor their prosperity. Okay. Forever. Forever. Yeah. Throw that in the face of these mamby-pamby Judeos. Right, the, the ones who think that God and Jesus love everybody. Okay, and he hates God hates yeah. Esau. We're told oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, in the Bible, mm-hmm. verse six. I mean, verse seven. Thou shalt not abhor an Edomite, for he is thy brother. Thou shalt not abhor an Egyptian, because thou was a stranger in his land. Okay, now, now this, this is the word Edomite. Right, is actually um, it's not an. E- an Edomite as in a descendant of Esau, is it? This is um Right. Yeah, Clifton Emmeheiser did a serious study of this verse, and he found that uh, it's a, one of those uh, jot and tittle words in Hebrew that the scribes got it wrong because it should be Aramite, Aramean, okay? Or Syrian. I've got Syrian. Syrian. Yeah, well, that's what the, the later name of, for the Aramaic people became Syrian, okay? So, uh, but the difference between Edomite and Aramite in the Hebrew is just a small jot or tittle. So you can easily see how that word could have been mistranslated. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Back to you. Verse eight. The children that are begotten of them shall enter into the congregation of Yahweh in their third generation. Okay. And this also speaks against the King James only crowd. They have to accept this error. As uh, you know, as God inspired, right? No, there is no such thing as a God inspired translation, at least not that we know of. Certainly not the King James. All right, back mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Verse nine: When thou, when the host goes forth against thy enemies, 
then keep thee from every wicked thing. If there be among you any man that is not clean by reason of uncleanness, that chances him by night, then shall he go abroad out of the camp. He shall not come within the camp. But it shall be, when evening comes on, he shall wash himself with water, and when the sun is down, he shall come into the camp again. Thou shalt have a place also without the camp, whither thou shalt go forth abroad, and thou shalt have a paddle upon thy weapon. And it shall be, when thou wilt ease thyself abroad, thou shalt dig therewith, and shalt turn back and cover that which comes from thee. For Yahweh thy God walks in the midst of thy camp to deliver thee, and to give up thine enemies before thee. Therefore shalt thy camp be holy, that he sees no unclean thing in thee, and turn away from thee. Okay, so let's say the man, the Israelite, has just come back from a battle, and he's, his body is covered with all kinds of uh, goo, <laughs> for lack of a better word, right? including the blood and guts of his enemy. So he has to wash himself, and uh, it looks like they're, they're setting up a tent, where the uh, Israelite can be healed, all right? So uh, anyway, anyway, you shouldn't uh, bring you know, your blood and guts with you back into your own home, right? <laughs> kind of like, uh, you know, uh, the pigsty, you know, you have a mudroom where you take off your dungarees, all right, and uh, don't befoul your house. But most of, of course, farmers don't, don't have a... Uh, a shower in between the mudroom and the kitchen, <laughs> right? So we be as, we're as clean as we possibly can be without that facility. Back to you. Verse 15, <clears throat> Thou shalt not deliver unto his master the servant which is escaped from his master unto thee. He shall dwell with thee, even among you, in that place which he shall choose in one of thy gates, where it likes him best. Thou shalt not oppress him, there shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor a sodomite of the sons of Israel. Mm. Thou shalt not bring the hire of a whore or the price of a dog into the house of Yahweh thy God for any vow. For even both these are an abomination unto Yahweh thy God. <clears throat> Thou shalt not lend upon usury to thy brother, usury of money, usury of victuals, usury of anything that is lent upon usury. Unto a stranger thou mayest lend upon usury, but unto thy brother thou shalt not lend upon usury. Okay. Yahweh thy God may bless thee in all that thou settest thine hand to in the land, whither thou goest to possess it. Okay, and stranger here is Nokri. So we've been finding very, very consistently, in the Torah at least, that the strangers who are, the stranger translated from Nokri and, uh, what's the other word? Um, ah, I can't think of the other word right now. But there's two words that uh, the strangers are always non-Israelites, and uh, we are to treat them differently from ger. It's very consistent that the ger stranger is a stranger of our own race, and we treat them as if they were Israelites, at least as much as possible. Okay. So yeah, Nokri and uh, oh, I, I'm sorry, I just I'm can't remember. I'm looking it up, but I can't yeah. find it. Yeah, oh. yeah. There's uh. Uh, Nokri sounds to me it's like the uh, predecessor of the word Negro, so uh, we're not to associate with them. And obviously, we're, Nokri, we're not. Nokri, N-O-K-R-I-Y, yeah. Right. And uh, there's one other word for uh, strangers, uh, not of our race. And it's, uh, throughout the Torah, it's really consistent. Okay, the Ger strangers are always acceptable, but Nokri are not. Okay. Zur. So, Zur. There you go. Thank you. Zur. Yep. And uh, so those two are always, we're not to associate with them under any circumstances. All right. This is the law. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, post-Torah, these words have, uh, how should I put this, uh, figurative meanings. Like, for example, in the, oh, I forget which book it is, where uh, a woman says, I am black. All right. That means she she's upset with herself, and that's a de self-deprecating term. So you, you find that in a statement, in a quotation, that does not mean she is a black woman. <laughs> she is, uh, is self-deprecating using that expression. 
But in the Torah, we don't find, at least I haven't found any uh, figurative uses of these terms in the Torah. So that uh, the Torah is where the law is contained, and uh, the rest of the Old Testament is, you know, you have figurative uses of these words that uh, you don't find in the Torah. So I think, uh, you know, the Torah therefore speaks for itself, that these words, that these Nokri and Zur people are not you know, to be associated with. All right, back to you. Verse 21, <clears throat> when thou shalt vow a vow unto Yahweh thy God, Thou shalt not slack to pay it, for Yahweh thy God will surely require it of thee, and it would be sin in thee. But if thou shalt forbear to vow, it shall be no sin in thee. That which is gone out of thy lips thou shalt keep and perform, even a free will offering, as according, according as thou hast vowed unto Yahweh thy God, which thou hast promised with thy mouth. When thou comest into thy neighbor's vineyard, then thou mayest eat grapes that thy fill at thine own pleasure, but thou shalt not put any in thy vessel. When thou comest into the standing corn of thy neighbor, then thou mayest pluck the ears with thine hand, but thou shalt not move a sickle unto thy neighbor's standing corn. <clears throat> okay, so you're only to glean, you're not to take advantage of the owner's property and harvest, <laughs> right, for yourself. Uh, it doesn't say how often you can come back, but the Israelite farmers are commanded to leave uh, crop standing to be gleaned, okay, for the poor. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> oh, one other thing I want to ask you. We were just talking about that word black. Right. Um, in the um, Song of Solomon, I know that word is mentioned, but what it's saying is tan does that can also mean tanned, right? As in um, in the Song of Solomon, chapter one. It means what? I didn't understand the word you tanned. used. Tanned. Oh, tanned. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, certainly, certainly could mean that. Yeah, but it doesn't mean they're they're uh, Negroes. <laughs> right. 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 Okay. They, they Very tanned. good. Yeah. Okay, laws concerning divorce, and this uh, this is a really crucial one. Deuteronomy 24, over to you. When a man has taken a wife and married her, and it had come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes, because he has found some uncleanness in her, then let him write her a bill of divorcement, and give it in her hand, and send her out of his house. And when she is departed out of his house, she may go and be another man's wife. Okay, now this was a real issue of contention when we were back in, in the talk show days. A lot of people were contending that you could only marry a virgin. Mm -hmm. All right, so right here, it's saying right here, she may go and be another man's wife. Mm-hmm, once she okay. has that bill of divorcement. That's right, okay. So uh, I don't know who started that teaching, but it, it uh, caused a lot of dissension in, in our talk show shows, but uh, here, very clearly. And we also know that uh, a widow, mm -hmm. a widow can remarry. So, so widows typically aren't virgins, <laughs> okay? All right, so, mm -hmm. yeah, and I didn't think of that at the time. All right, but back to you. Verse 3, And if the latter husband hate her, and write her a bill of divorcement, and giveth it in her hand, and send her out of his house, or if the latter husband die, which took her to be his wife, her former husband, which sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife. After that, she is defiled, for that is abomination before Yahweh. And thou shalt not cause the land to sin, which Yahweh thy God gives thee for an inheritance. So, so she, she can, can't go back and marry the first husband. Who that's right. She can that's, remarry again. It just can't be that former husband. That's right. Okay, and uh, of course, uh, people don't pay attention to these marriage laws anymore, right? So, yeah, but this uh, is an abomination, Yahweh says. All right, so the, the husband who first divorced her cannot take her back. And really, I mean, if you go back and look at the, the first verse, it says um, he can't just divorce her for the heck of it. I mean, he has to find some type of uncleanness. In her. Right, that's, that's right. Right, and Yahshua confirms that. The only mm -hmm. excuse for divorce is fornication, he says mm -hmm. in the New Testament. Okay, you can't just divorce a woman because you don't like her. 
right? Or because you quote grew apart. You hear that? Yeah, right. <laughs> but even there, you know, the woman it says here, the woman that he hates, or the wife that he hates, uh, if she's uh, bears his firstborn, that that firstborn gets the inheritance, gets the double inheritance. Mm-hmm. All right. So Yahweh doesn't care about love and romance. <laughs> he cares about the law, <laughs> right? This stuff is brutal, but that, that's the way it is, okay? Yeah, right. it is. Mm-hmm. Verse 5, when a man has taken a new wife, he shall not go out to war. Neither shall he be charged with any business, but he shall be free at home one year and shall cheer up his wife, which he has taken. No man shall take the nether or the upper millstone to pledge. For he takes a man's life. For he, for he taketh a man's life to pledge. If a man be found stealing any of his brethren of the children of Israel, and makes merchandise of him or sells him, then that thief shall die, and thou shalt put evil away from among you. Take heed in the plague of leprosy that thou observe diligently, and do according to all that the priest the Levite shall teach you. As I commanded them, so you shall observe to do. Remember what Yahweh thy God did unto Miriam by the way, after that ye were come forth out of Egypt. When thou do, when thou dost lend thy brother anything, thou shalt not go into his house to fetch his pledge. <clears throat> thou shalt stand abroad, and the man to whom thou dost lend shall bring out the pledge abroad unto thee. Okay, so uh, you're not to get in a, a in a guy's face. You owe me money, and you're not to barge into his house and to, uh, demand the money. Uh, you keep your distance, okay? You keep your distance so you don't get into a brawl, right? How many of our people have that kind of self control? Probably not very many. <laughs> not many, right? But uh, these commands are important. We're not to, again, and this goes uh, where Yahshua says, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's uh, love thine enemy. Okay, he's not talking about Zur or Nokri, <laughs> right? He's talking about right. Israelites. He's not even talking about Ger. He's talking about Israelites, people that we live with, because these are the kind of disputes we have amongst each other. And a, a, non, a Ger would be a non-resident Israelite. Okay, or possibly a, uh, an Adamite who is an ally of ours. So uh, these rules, uh, oh, well, Yahshua wasn't talking about the invading Assyrians when he said, love thine enemy, right? Okay, mm-hmm. back to you. All right. You know, we have really come a long way from these laws, haven't we? That's right. I mean, we are so far removed from them now, it's... Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, the, the churches are most responsible for that. Mm-hmm. They totally disregard the law, the antinomians especially. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus did away with the law. Yeah. Right. Really. So when, <laughs> yeah. when is it okay to to kill somebody or to steal right? from somebody? Yeah. Now, the law is still here. Amen. We, don't, we haven't listened to it. Right. Verse twelve. And if the man be poor, thou shalt not sleep with his pledge. In any case, thou shalt deliver him the pledge again when the sun goes down that he may sleep in his own raiment, and bless thee, and it shall be righteousness unto thee before Yahweh thy God. Okay, so, yeah, you pay him at the end of the day, right? You pay Mm -hmm. him promptly. You don't make him wait, especially if he's poor. Yeah. Thou shalt not oppress a hired servant that is poor and needy, whether he be of thy brethren or of thy strangers that are in thy land within thy gates. At his day thou shalt give him his hire, Neither shall the sun go down upon it, for he is poor, and setteth his heart upon it, lest he cry against thee unto Yahweh, and it be sin unto thee. Okay, now this stranger is Min, M-I-N. It's uh, it's not the usual, you know, because we've had uh, Zur, Nokri, and Ger primarily. So this is Min. Let's see what it says here. It's three variations, Min, Mini, and Mine. Properly a part of, hence from or out of. Okay, so from or out of would suggest that they uh, they're they're related to the Israelites. Okay, that would suggest that. So this is a a word we would have to do a serious word study to determine, but it suggests that as from or out of being a stranger of Israel. 
okay, that has been estranged or uh, a gear who ha- does not live among you, okay? So definitely not Nokri or Zur. Back to you. We should do a, a show on that one day, just a word study on strangers. Right, good, right. Good, good show to do. Yeah, it would. It's it's not an easy subject, but uh, yeah, it would be worth it. Okay, back to you. Verse 16. The father shall not be put to death for the children, neither shall the children be put to death for the fathers. Every man shall be put to death for his own sin. Oh, all you reparations people <laughs> for yeah. slavery. Uh, this is a witness against them, right? You can't punish the children for the sins of the fathers. Can't mm-hmm. do that. Thou shalt not pervert the judgment of the stranger, nor of the fatherless, nor That's take the widow's raiment to pledge. Here it's Gare again. Okay. Our but old, thou our... shalt re- remember that thou was a bondsman in Egypt, and Yahweh thy God redeemed thee thence. Therefore I command thee to do this thing. When thou cuttest down thine harvest in thy field, and hast forgot a sheaf in the field, thou shalt not go again to fetch it. It shall be for the stranger for the fatherless, and for the widow, that Yahweh thy God may bless thee in all the work of thy hands. Gare again, yes. Gare, okay. yep. When thou beatest thine olive tree, thou shalt not go over the boughs again. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow. When thou gatherest the, gra- gatherest the grapes of thy vineyard, thou shalt not glean it afterward. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow. And thou shalt remember that thou was a bondsman in Egypt, in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I command thee to do this thing. Okay, so we only have about uh, two minutes left. It's it's very obvious that uh, Deuteronomy here is telling us to be kind to animals, <laughs> right? Be kind to animals, be kind to strangers who are of our own race, especially those closest to us. Uh, fellow Israelites, even if though they might be enemies to us over some kind of dispute or they have not paid us on time, right? And things like that. We are not to get angry with our neighbor. We, we're not to be harsh towards one another, nor are we even to harsh to animals. Okay? So that the dominion mandate, that we, which is given to the Adamic species exclusively in Genesis chapter 1, is we are supposed to take care of this planet and all the things that reside upon it. We are not to indiscriminately destroy things. Mm-hmm. Okay? So uh, we cannot do that. And of course, look, look at what we're doing. We're destroying the, the land. We're destroying fruit trees because we're commanded not to destroy fruit trees as well. And we're doing this all the time in these stupid wars that have been arranged for us by you-know-who, right? Mm-hmm. Our people our people have been so befuddled and have so been so far estranged from Yahweh and his laws that, wow, can there be any real righteous Israelites <laughs> left, okay? Obviously very few, okay? And so uh, what we start out with, the, this last, starvation mode that the Rothschilds have are imposing on us now, we better straighten up and not disobey these laws because we have to make ourselves clean for the wedding feast of the Lamb, which means mm-hmm. obeying his laws. All right? If okay, brother. Me, yeah. Yep. A- Amen. Okay. So uh, it's very clear what we have to do. And uh, and those who don't are going to be cast out and treated like Jews, <laughs> like uh, like Nokri, <laughs> right? Okay, brother, good job. It's all, all right, beginning to be very clear what we have to do. All right, thank you. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition, everybody, and have a good day. Bye. Bye.